HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet in 3, we look at the ways indoor and outdoor spaces are being reconceptualized during the pandemic to better suit new modes of living, working, and eating. It's brought a vibrancy and an energy back to the city streets that were so dearly missed during the height of the pandemic. This is about how we can grow indoors all year round uh, using proprietary technology that we've developed. How do I have someone understand, look, don't take a next to the June berries because you can eat those. That's free food. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is the internet, the USA, I don't know. It's somewhere. We're five days until election day, so I'm hoping that everyone's anxiety is at a manageable level. I'm Kat Johnson. I am coming to you from Asheville, North Carolina. I've got my co-host Katie Mosman-Wadler coming to us from Connecticut. Hi, Katie. Hi, Kat. I'm just stress-eating Mounds Bars over here. Uh, yeah, make a dent in that trick-or-treat candy. Um, we have Hannah Forden, who's out in Brooklyn. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. It's a very Thursday Thursday. <laughs> Is it Thursday? I don't even know anymore. Can't keep up. <laughs> who um, am I? <laughs> we have our amazing engineer, Jess Kreinchich, who I believe, Jess, you're also in Brooklyn. Yes, I am. Rainy Brooklyn today. Wonderful. And our guest today, well, Katie's going to introduce our guest who is coming uh, from the other coast, the West Coast. The other coast. We are so happy today to have with us Jeff Gross, marketing manager from Stitcher, dialing in from Los Angeles. Hey. Hey, how's it going? And I also had to double check what what day it was. Um, (laughs) So so that's where my head's at. (laughs) <laughs> well, we know it's Thursday because it's happy hour on yes. HRN. Um, I it, it is five, in fact, five o'clock here on the East Coast. So I have cracked into an uh, Elysian Dayclow IPA in honor of having a West Coast guest. This is from Seattle. Uh, is anyone else having a tasty beverage? I am having some white wine. I don't even know what it is, but it's taken the edge off. So it's working. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I have a little hot toddy going. Um, I have some rooibos tea with a splash of old overholt, which is just doing the trick right now because the weather's been very dreary here. It is I love that, that kind of fall day. vibes. Yeah, Jeff, is it a refreshments hour for you yet? It's a it's a little early. <laughs> it's only like two here. So I, I sad to report that I am just drinking a bottle of water at the moment, but. <laughs> I am ready to jump into happy hour as soon as I can. Jeff, you have our full endorsement. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah keeps reminding us to hydrate, and I appreciate it every time Hannah's on a Zoom. Like, remember to drink water, and I'm like, thank you. I really uh, need that advice. It's I, been so good. <laughs> You're <yeah>. welcome. <laughs> I'm I, glad I, to be the camp counselor of our staff. <laughs> I need that in my life. I have to. Mm-hmm. I have to really push myself to to drink more water. But. Do you want to join our drink water Slack channel? <laughs> I might I might need to. <laughs> it's five o'clock. Oh. Have you had your eight glasses of water today? Yeah, I've been actually hearing your voice, Hannah, like in the back of my head. And I, I only just now has that like crystallized where I'm like, oh, that's Hannah. I'm like, yeah, who's that good influence? Um, no, it's been so good. So this is a fun show because um, this is kind of a rare insight into the um i want to say underbelly but that has that dark connotation but sort of like the back end of podcasting and some of the kind of technical side of what we do at hrn so we're a network of 35 recently close to 40 shows and um so we run kind of a lot of the back end administration of all these shows which means pushing out to various listening platforms and it was really cool to connect with jeff recently and be thinking about like how do we as a podcast network interface with some of these amazing service providers, which are how so many of our listeners access our content? Um, And Jeff, just for context, can you talk a little more about what you do? And then we can get into some kind of seasonal nitty gritty conversations. Sure. Yeah. So I am a marketing manager at Stitcher. Um, And up until uh, this week, my, my focus was working with uh, shows and networks from outside of our company so as a company we we produce podcasts as well but then my role was to connect with the shows and networks that we don't make uh in-house and you know make sure that we're keeping up to date with what they're working on what content they're producing so that we can highlight their shows and episodes on our platform Um, because our our platform has most podcasts that are out in the world and you know, we're we're not just trying to feature the shows we make. We want to make sure that we have um, uh, a, a window into the entire uh, podcast ecosystem for our listeners. So, yeah, working working with people to hear about things that we should feature um, and then stuff like that. Jeff, when we were talking to you earlier, um, when we when we got on the call, I was looking at Stitcher's like homepage on my phone, and I was like. Did Stitcher all of a sudden just become only a true crime podcast platform? <laughs> but then you were like, no, it's true crime week. So talk a bit about like what's popular, what you're featuring. I mean, true crime is just it's everywhere. Right. But like what other sorts of like thematic collections and, and things do you do? Yeah, that's a good question. We we really go through uh, several different uh, phases depending on what's going on in the world um if there's a holiday uh and we also will look at our data to see you know what are people 
responding to and and true crime week was one of those things where you know whenever we would showcase a, a true crime show it pretty much it just would always do well so we knew people on our platform and i and i think probably on every platform people are just always hungry for that for that true crime content so it was it was kind of an experiment to see what would happen um if for a week we just celebrated uh true crime content um especially you know it, when we're we're in a pandemic and you know because people are not commuting as much we did see a a dip in listenership and and things like that so we wanted to just try different ideas to see if we could up uh app engagement and and things like things like that but um yeah we're always uh kind of shifting around our homepage. like as you can imagine right now we're doing uh, a little bit more of a focus on election stuff as we get closer and closer to to next week um and uh yeah so always always trying to think of what people would want to be uh seeing and listening to so that's super interesting because we talked a bit about this as well as the pandemic definitely changed a lot about listening behaviors with commutes yeah. not happening but you know we also found that we there were a lot of people who were in the kitchen a lot more and so that kind of content became you know pop really popular um you know we put together a playlist of like bread stuff because everyone was making sourdough <laughs> um and you know one of the sort of like inside jokes almost with like podcast industry is just how many new shows are happening all the time were you seeing like certain new types of shows getting launched um that were you know somehow related to this this pandemic and people being at home and um picking up new hobbies yeah there was i mean i remember i think like right when shutdowns started happening there were a couple of uh new podcasts tripping out that were sort of like you had your daily coronavirus update podcasts and started slow and then all of a sudden it was like i think every <laughs> feel like every news organization uh was coming out with their own um and that's and like i think it was really needed at that time everyone was trying to figure out what was going on what like what what do we need to know about this pandemic um and then i think it sort of shifted um a couple months in i think at a certain point all right everyone was like we're kind of tired of these daily covid updates we know we're in covid and it's not fun and i'm i need to hear something else and then i think we it kind of shifted into the okay this is our life now how do we deal with covid uh type of podcasts um so I, I think there was a focus on sort of like mental health uh, shows and and things like that, or just the kind of the deeper dive, longer term effects of COVID more so than just the kind of daily news onslaught. Um, and then I feel like after after those had their run and it was just becoming more and more clear that, okay, this is just going to be our life for for the next i don't know how, however long i think things started just shifting closer to just being like all right now we're just gonna sort of put out the shows we were going to to put out and and things have i think slowly 
uh, shifted back into just being uh, more normal uh, programming. Although I'll say I got a sense in the last month or so that everyone was rushing to, I think, push out all the shows that they had planned for uh, March or April. And now they were getting them out now before the the election because um, now everyone's just thinking about the election. Um, so, yeah, I, I found it pretty interesting to kind of see the different um, – you could kind of track the, the pandemic via the type of uh, podcast content that was, that was coming out. I feel like now we're in the phase of, you know, pandemic and election coverage, which is like the hands firmly over eyes peeping through the cracks <laughs> between fingers. Um, that That's how I'm thinking about like – what is uh what's on our homepage what's coming out of hrn and how do we think about our content i'm like we have a lot of stuff that is the fingers and then we have some stuff that's appearing through the fingers and what are we ready for as we get closer to like we won't even say what's happening next week it's like we're getting closer to that day you know that thing it's in five days it's gonna happen big things are changing um but yeah we have this real need i think for balance in the media diet that we all take on yeah i agree because i i think I think there's definitely there's definitely people who they want to know, you know, every every minute what's the latest with the election. But then I think there's probably a healthy group of people who they they kind of you know they'll get their they'll get the news they want to get, and then they're they don't want to you know overwhelm themselves uh, with it. So yeah, it's it's tough to find find that balance. I, I mean, we talked internally at Stitcher quite a bit about what we should even do in terms of election uh programming because you know yeah we could kind of take over the whole uh sort of homepage almost like true crime week style uh about the election because that is what everyone's going to focus on but at the same time it's like i don't know i think i think people can get kind of sick of that uh, a little bit um uh so I, we, we settled on we have a f- couple of a curated uh kind of election political sections right now but we wanted to make sure that it wasn't everything um we still have uh, other options for those people who uh are a little tired of it <laughs> yeah and i feel like one thing that sets podcasts apart a little bit from you know watching the news or you know even just listening to more traditional radio is like you have a lot more control over how much you take in. And I feel like that's why like podcasts wind up being my preferred method of, of taking in election coverage or taking in COVID coverage, because I can, I can say, okay, I heard the first five minutes of the daily and I'm good. Like, I don't think I can take this anymore today, <laughs> you know, and I can take up, I can pause and, you know, get a glass of water or whatever. And like, it's, it's you have a lot more control over your listening experience or you can go back to things I can put on, you know, my favorite murder to take a break from from the news so i feel like that's one thing that our medium offers is like it's not quite as hit you over the head as the other ways we're constantly getting news even social media is is often like an assault (laughs) yeah that's that's a great point it is it is more yeah it's very much like your choice it's very on demand it's you're not just getting a flood of uh whatever whatever is uh in your feed necessarily you can you really get to make the the choice which is nice jeff in your adventures in curation as you're thinking about the sort of alternative programming has there been anything um either like thematic 
lines or, or new podcasts that have kind of taken you by surprise as far as what some of the new content or alternative content is right now? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, so I'm, I would say I'm like a kind of a comedy nerd. Uh, so I'm always fascinated by, uh, when people try to kind of not just do the typical like comedy chat podcast and, and they try to kind of expand on the form a bit and, and do something different. Um, and I, I, I swear this is not a, a plug for a Stitcher thing. I, it's, it's truly, I, I found it very unique and fun. Um, but uh, we, we, we just put out, um, it's actually just a one episode like Halloween comedy musical special on uh, uh, on our Stitcher premium side of things. And I, I just found it to be so like joyful and unique because it's got a bunch of silly comedians in it, but the music's actually like really good. And I just, I just find that kind of expansion of the, the form uh, very interesting and, and fun. Um, uh, so I'm always looking for, for things like that. Um, and I think it seems like, I feel like fiction podcasts are also sort of having a, a moment uh lately i mean they have for a little bit but i i I think like the production values are are getting bigger and bigger for those um becoming you know almost like audio movies and and things like that which is is really fascinating to me um so it's it's been it's been fun to see sort of kind of the i guess the evolution of of the format in a way and also just the kind of the callback to old radio plays as as well um but you know there's still the the classic kind of interview uh shows that that i love as well um, i have sort of like an industry question about the fiction podcast because um you know i i don't think any none of us are in it for the money with podcasting here, but um, a fiction podcast is really involved to produce. Like you said, it's like a movie. Um, How are these getting off the ground these days? Like where is the support coming from? Does it work like the film industry to produce these incredibly beautifully audio designed and scripted shows? Not to mention all the acting and there's just so many resources that go into them. Yeah, that's a good question. It might it might be a better question for our business development team, but I I I mean I know a little bit just from kind of being being around it. Um, it seems like there are I've noticed there are definitely some production houses. I mean, the kind of the way movies get made, where it's like an audio production house, and and they're really focusing on sort of these really high production value scripted uh, podcast or there's even I think now there are production companies where they originally were focused on TV and film and now they've they've opened up kind of an, an, an arm to where they they're doing the the audio uh, fiction as well um, which which I, I find pretty interesting but um, I was I was at uh, Stitcher uh, a couple years ago when we were um, producing the the first uh, seasons of the Marvel Wolverine um, podcast, and that was just uh, quite quite a process. I mean, they they recorded that almost as if they were 
really filming a movie in a way like it was all uh wireless mics and they were like staged in the studio as if they were actors performing a play and it's just it was very very fascinating to me um so uh yeah i I it seems like something that's gonna uh keep continuing on um so it'll be interesting to see what what else comes of all that it's really cool to think about resources shifting from screen to podcast and that like maybe this is the right moment for us to be reducing our collective screen time and shifting to audio might be a way to do that um seems like pretty cool to think about yeah i I love that i can listen to a great interview or or a great story and not have to (laughs) look at my look at my computer screen or my phone screen i can i can just close my eyes or or i can cook or, or or do do whatever it's nice to to not yeah to not have to use use the screen um, and it's one of the only remaining spaces where we we can we have that option yeah yeah exactly uh yeah jeff i'm curious you know if if someone if a friend friend or someone comes to you and wants to get your like sort of point of view on the podcast industry right now and they ask you like I don't listen to podcasts like where's a good place to start do you have sort of like a recommendation list for people who are kind of getting into listening to podcasts for the first time oh that's a good question yeah uh I I mean ever since uh we're uh starting to work at Stitcher I feel like I have I've been like the the podcast uh whisperer of my friends and always the, the one to suggest stuff to try to get them to bring them in to get get them into it um i feel like i always tell people to listen to reply all uh i, I don't know that i find that the stories on on that to just they always uh they're always so fascinating to me um i i remember like my parents never were big into listening to podcasts um, and I, I played a couple of episodes of that to them and, and now, now they're, they're, they're getting into it, getting into it more, you know, they always find one and then they, they kind of jump to find other, other shows. So it all, all it takes is I think one, one good show. Um, and I think, uh, I think Conan O'Brien's, uh, podcast, I, I, I love that. I, I suggest that one a lot. Um, uh, the daily, of course. Um, so yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah i think i feel like when i first got started listening it was like radio lab for highbrow and then like reply all for lowbrow i've gotten <laughs> several friends hooked on podcasts just from the larry shippers episode of reply all yeah it's yeah. so good um that's awesome well um should we take a quick break everybody and then come back uh with more with jeff sounds good i'm gonna have another mouse <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll be right back my name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. All right. Welcome back to HR and Happy Hour. Well, Katie just had a little mound snack, um, mm-hmm. digging into the trick-or-treat stash a little bit early. Uh, so we're doing, we're actually doing a Halloween candy bracket right now on HRN's Instagram story because <laughs> we really wanted to try to figure out what is the one candy to rule them all. Um, Jeff, do you have a do you have a favorite Halloween candy that is your go to? 
I gotta I gotta go with Kit Kat. Oh, solid, nice. Mm-hmm. It's always neck you... and neck, Kit Kat and uh, Reese's Cup. That's so funny because that's what our one of our first matchups was, which is oh really? Maybe not smart to put them head to head in the first round <laughs> in hindsight, but you know one was ha- one would have to win anyway. So, but Jeff, okay. you must choose now. <laughs> Jeff, have you ever tried like the fun Japanese Kit Kat bars? That was my um, other question. Are the is that the one? Is it like kind of mint or is that a different it's green one? Tea. They have all these flavors that I don't think we can get here. So like the, there are there are crazy, amazing flavor combinations that I have been wow. fortunate enough to be gifted by friends who back when people could travel, travel. Mm-hmm. But like there was like a pumpkin flan favored one that was oh, wow. stupid good, mm-hmm. like a matcha flavored one. But if you like Kit Kats fall into that internet that and look at the flavors available in Japan. That's you so might have heard my furious typing right now. The answer is 300. There are 400 <laughs> flavors of Kit Kats according to Wikipedia. Wow. So if you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, so now I'm like down a total rabbit hole that we don't have to stay in. Uh-huh. But The matcha uh, ones are wow. so good. So I have, a, I have a Kit Kat story. When I, when I was young and used to eat Kit Kats, I would eat them from both sides until I only had the cat left, and then I would always eat that part less. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love that cat. Yeah. yeah, that's what I would do. Uh, wait, also, the part about your story that was so sad was when you were young and you used to eat Kit Kats because one, you're still young, and two, why did you feel like you reached an age? <laughs> like, did you age out of Kit Kats? I kind of do. I just, I don't buy candy. I mean, no. I feel like I kind of need to now because it's Halloween, but I don't know the last time I've had a Kit Kat. Yeah, I mean, I only bought this bag of mounds because, like, on the off chance we get a trick-or-treater. But, like, there's there's basically no way that's going to happen. Also, I'm, in, like, in a red zone right now, so it's yeah. highly discouraged. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, like, tucking into it. It just it seems like once a year you should probably buy a bag of candy, I guess. Right. Definitely. I feel like not going to the <laughs> airport regularly anymore has eliminated my, like, candy yeah. consumption. Because that would be part of like fizzy water and like a bag of Haribo gummy bears. <laughs> it's like my oh. favorite airplane snack. Yeah. Well, that's I, a good one. Gummy bears are uh yeah that that is my favorite airplane snack too. I can't like, I don't want to eat them in real life, but when I'm on a yeah. plane I need to have them. <laughs> what about movies? Like do you guys have different candy preferences for like a Halloween candy versus an airplane candy versus Daff, the Daff, movies? Daff. Yes. They're totally different applications. Like so what's raisinets raisinets are on, like only exist in movie theaters as far as I'm mm. concerned. But like when I'm there yeah. I'm like yeah that sounds like a great snack i think that's because they're not very attractive by the light of day <laughs> yeah that's a good point <laughs> i i love uh bunch of crunch at movies mm-hmm. i don't know if, if you've had that, what is that they're like uh they're crunch bars it, it's crunch bars but yeah. like broken up into like little pieces almost like almost like popcorn in a way but it's uh so it's like <laughs> just crunchy chocolatey goodness uh that i only have at movies it seems like yeah. but it's like the same thing as a crunch bar it's just like the yeah the it's like popped it's like popped rice covered in chocolate oh mm. yeah 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 which is what like those are those are good to like throw into a bag of popcorn and get like the salty mm. sweet buttery thing going i do that oh, with i do that with m&ms and we yeah. in my family we call that movie salad yeah. yes exactly <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, but M&Ms are kind of ideal because they contain the melty mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I also like Sour Patch Kids, but the problem is, like, in the movies in particular, you eat them, like, the whole bag, and then your mouth is, like, so raw. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I miss too movies. Much I miss going to movies. I, I know, but I feel like if you get snacks at the movie theater, if you're not nauseous by the time the movie ends, you did it. <laughs> it's just like the general policy because the, the quantity is so extraordinary. Even like I always get a kiddie popcorn and it's still like a full pound of popcorn. Yeah. Uh huh. We and have one like, of these. I have um, to eat it. Our, our local cinema now that we've moved to the suburbs is a Regal, but it's, we have the one that has like the dining in it. Um, mm-hmm. But they have, they're always out of everything on their menu. But the thing I've been consistently <laughs> able to get was, and I haven't been to the movie since we had a baby, because um, then there was a baby and then there was a pandemic. So I double haven't been. But um, when I was super pregnant, we would go to the movies and I would get a grilled cheese with tomato and bacon and some sweet potato tater tots. And Ooh. like, that was pretty solid. And like, you feel kind of not the best, but it's like, it's great junk food indulgence. Um, and it's also like, kind of exciting to eat it in the dark because like who knows what's going to happen with your sandwich <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god so many possible outcomes these, uh... <laughs> especially a little tomato in there make it a little extra like slippery uh... <laughs> um well we we definitely miss movies but we still have podcasts which yeah. is so important um jeff what is what are you thinking about as like What's the 2021 of podcasts look like? Oof, that is a great question. <laughs> what is the 2021 of anything? True yeah. <laughs> <Bruce> story. <laughs> I, Make it feel better. We'll see what happens on uh, Tuesday. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that'll tell us what, what the podcast will look like. Yeah, that's a that's a great great uh, question. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I have a great answer for it. I mean, it seems like. I think it's going to be interesting to watch how, you know, I think it seems like more and more money is getting pumped into podcasting in general, which is, I think, something to look out for. Uh, I, you know, I think it's great that it is happening. I, I still hope that podcasts don't lose the, the thing that made them so great in the first place. Just that, you know, the, the, sort of the intimacy of, of, of the content and everything, um, even even with uh, more money being being pumped in. So yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to look out for that. Um, and you know for Stitcher, we're going we're going through an acquisition right now, so we'll have to see see how that all turns out. Um, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm very I'm optimistic. But who knows? Who knows what it's going to be like? <laughs> yeah, I have a question along those lines because, like, you know, the about like money getting pumped into podcasts. You know, so it's, it's, it's an interesting time to be in this industry, and you know, we've seen more advertisers and and companies that want to get want to get involved in in podcasts, and that's it's great for us. Um, and they've certainly gotten like a little bit more savvy on like, well, I want to host red ad or, mm-hmm. you know, they they're getting to the point where they like know no more kind of the things that they want out of out of the opportunities. Right. What do you what do you see as sort of the future of and, and then we have branded podcasts. We have like this right. whole new world. What do you see as sort of the future of like what what advertisers and sponsors like hope to get? um from it and then to your point like how do we kind of as as podcasters protect what's special about it yeah that's that's a great question i i really hope that the like the the spirit of the the host red ad never never dies i i I think that's really what one of the things that actually 
attracted me to to podcast in the first place um listening to shows and and like actually liking the ads which i was like what this is so weird uh and and i i think there is a little bit of fear in me as more money gets gets pumped in that that spirit could potentially die but i i really i really hope not um you know i think the there's definitely a lot more going on now with um ad technology and dynamic ad insertion and and programmatic ads um so i think i think that stuff can be good as as long as we just we try to keep it as core to the to the the uniqueness of of what podcasts can be i my fear would be that in a few years podcasting just sounds like what the radio sounds like with just every ad is like pre-produced and it's uh a narrator and you know music and 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 it's not kind of that classic uh fun podcast ad um so hopefully hopefully that that keeps going um but uh we'll see Can I ask a slightly more fun question, which I, yeah. I might be a very hard question to answer, but Uh-oh. like, um, well, just because we work in the industry, uh, <laughs> I'm asking you to choose your favorite child. Is there like, like what, is there like a handful of shows or like one or two shows that you religiously listen to every single week? Uh, yeah, this is, this is kind of an off the beaten path, path show. Um, so I, uh, I am like a huge fan of theme parks and I also love comedy. Good niche. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you've heard of this podcast. There's a podcast called podcast, the ride. Um, <laughs> it's produced by uh, forever dog. Um, but it's three uh, LA comedians or improvisers who happen to also love uh, theme parks. So <laughs> it's, it's like a great mix of my love of hilarious podcasts and my love of theme parks. Um, so every episode they either talk about a specific park or a specific ride at a park. And they, and it's, you know, it's, it's one of those shows where they, they make it goofy and weird and I don't know. I, I just love it. And, uh, I, I find myself listening to that one the most lately. I definitely go through phases. Sometimes I'm, religiously listening to the daily every day um or uh or or uh or conan or or comedy bang bang but right now it's podcast the ride (laughs) that seems like the perfect podcast for this moment (laughs) just a complete escape yeah except for when they're talking about all these things we can't do at the moment like go to theme parks but uh (laughs) (laughs) um what's the first park or ride that you will go to jeff Ooh, um, so I'm in, I'm in LA, so I'm, I'm not too far from Disneyland. Um, and I I actually got an annual pass right before the pandemic started, not, not knowing what was coming. Uh, so I barely got to use it. Um, so probably when everything calms down, I'll, I'll probably go there. Maybe I'll ride Space Mountain. We'll see, but I'm definitely not going to jump into it like 
I gotta make sure because you know Disney World is open, but I'm I don't think I would go there yet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait a while. I think. <laughs> what that Disney World mask ad didn't entice you to want to go? <laughs> Wasn't that so like it feels kind <laughs> of apocalyptic? Apoc- yeah, it's like this is so yeah. weird. <laughs> it was really bizarre, and like someone said it to like skit horror music, and I was like, that <laughs> that's pretty fitting. That's hilarious. <laughs> sort of take the joy right out. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Well, well they should extend that, your annual pass. Yeah, I think they are. I think good. they said they would give us uh, like bonus days based on how many days they're closed or something. But nice. Yeah. Uh, um, how did you first like get super into theme parks and rides, Jeff? Uh. I don't know. I think so. I I grew up in Georgia, so we weren't super far from Disney World, and so I think we went there, you know, maybe every few summers. And I don't know something something just I guess struck a chord with me or something, and I just became super into roller coasters and and rides. And are you an uh, adrenaline junkie? I, I guess I don't know because it's funny I'm not like I'm not a huge I wouldn't call myself a huge risk taker or anything <laughs> but I I do love I do love roller coasters so I, I I don't know what that means but um yeah and then moving out to LA after uh college you know there's there's so many uh theme parks out here um which is which is awesome. So it kind of, re- I think it re-sparked my, my love for it because it's so easy to access out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Did you ever go to Wild Adventures theme park in Valdosta, Georgia? <laughs> no, I, I've heard of it though. Cause I, <laughs> so I, my, uh, I have family in, uh, Vidalia, Georgia. Yeah. And onions. So, Hello. Like yeah. onions? Yeah. yeah. Nice. So we'd all, I'd always see the billboards for that when we drove down there. And I, but we never, never made it there for some reason. Okay, uh, well, you should go when you have the chance. I went once. Um, their whole thing, it's kind of depressing because it's like very Tiger King esque. They have like the big cat shows. <laughs> Don't recommend that. But I, I went to my family took me to a Leonard Skinner concert there when I was in elementary school. <laughs> oh man! So it is another world. It is if you want the antithesis of Disneyland, that's that's <laughs> that's the ticket. Oh wait, so are you from? Uh, Valdosta or no I'm from Alabama but yeah close enough close enough to drive to go see Leonard Skinner that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) I want video of baby cat at the Leonard Skinner concert (laughs) well we were staying at the same Holiday Inn as them so we got we got the after concert picture photo wow 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 yeah Leonard Skinner staying at the Holiday Inn um, they they weren't technically staying there. They were on their tour bus, but they wanted okay. to watch a uh, like a, a UFC fight or something, <laughs> and they needed to go to the Holiday Inn to get the the, the pay per view package. Wow! I can't wow. wait for your memoir. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there you go. Um, well, so Katie asked Jeff how you got involved, got into theme parks and and roller coasters. But I'm also curious, kind of like how, like what was sort of your entry point to getting into podcasts? Oh, yeah. Um, so after college, I um, I got an internship at um, a record company in L.A. And 
so I just I went to college at Georgia so I I just moved to LA and I was like I'm just gonna try this because I'm young and it doesn't matter and I'll you know if it if it doesn't work out whatever um so I did the internship and then the internship ended and I I desperately needed to find a job and I didn't even really know uh podcast companies were necessarily a thing uh you know I I obviously I knew like of like NPR and, and things like that um but I just was desperately searching for a job and I think I think it just randomly occurred to me in my search I was like I, I really am into I'm into podcasts I I and I got really into them in LA because I was just driving around so much and looking for entertainment while I drove so I was like are there podcast jobs and then I came across this company uh, mid-roll um, and they were hiring an ad operations specialist which I really didn't know what that was but it it was like one of those jobs where it didn't seem like it was requiring a ton of experience. It was a sort of entry level. Um, so I went for it and I interviewed and I, they somehow gave me the job. <laughs> I'm grateful for it. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I started in the ad operations side of things. So working a lot with like the advertisers and, and our shows. Um, and then I shifted over to marketing and then mid-roll acquired Stitcher. And then I got shifted into like the, the partnership role and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, I've been there now close to five years, which is crazy. Uh, wow. So it's, it's been a fascinating journey. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all kind of in the same boat with that, right? Like we none, I don't, none of us here really went to school thinking we were going to have a career in podcasts. But like here we are because this industry has kind of grown um, so much in, in the past, you know, five, 10 years. Yeah. And um, you're the only one who even went to school for anything adjacent. Yeah. Like I, I went to Auburn for mass comm and like, Oh, just, and just that's, that's yeah. what I did actually. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, but it's funny. Cause like now I think, you know, people who are in school or in starting their careers, like they might actually go like, say, I want to work in podcasts or I want to work in radio in a way that didn't really wasn't on our radar. Um, so for Jeff and for anyone really, I guess, because we're all, we're all in this boat, right? It's like, what kind of advice would you give to someone who was starting out in a career and wanted to do this as a, as you know, as their job? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would say if you want to have a podcast or produce podcasts, I think I would say to just, just, just make some stuff on your own, uh, I feel like the it's it's the medium's great because really it just requires you know a microphone that doesn't have to be that expensive and and some software and you can you can record whatever and and learn how to edit things and I think uh, you can you can really get a jump on things doing it doing it your, yourself like that and and then you can build up having uh, sort of a portfolio of of what you've what you've worked on. Um, and uh, I think beyond that, I would just try to try to reach out to see if you can find people on LinkedIn and reach out to people and, and try to try to network. I know it's weird now in the, the pandemic world where everything's virtual, I guess. But um, I've I, it's been interesting because I've I've had student like there's been students from the school I graduated in now like they'll they 
somehow found my email. <laughs> They'll email me saying like, "Hey, I'm a student. I'm really interested in interested in podcast." And you know, not all the time can we find a, a role for them or an internship for them, but still, it's uh, you know, I think there there are people out there who are willing willing to help. Um, and I think you just gotta try to push yourself, and it can be uncomfortable, but um, just try your best to to get your get your foot in the door somewhere and somehow um um, but yeah i think on the production side i I, you all might know more about this than me but i I would say just 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 go for it just try to make stuff um because there's also i've had friends say hey i want to make a podcast will will stitcher like (laughs) pick it up to to produce it And and i'm always saying like you don't really if you're just starting out, like I don't think you really need a, a network or, or a production company behind you. I, I, I think you, you can make stuff on your own and, and prove yourself. Um, and, and, and then, uh, you know, build it, build it from there. But I'd be curious what, what you all think. Yeah. I was going to ask Jess, like, you know, Jess is working with us, working with iHeartRadio and, did our did our internship program so she probably has a good perspective on this oh gosh um <laughs> she'd be like everything jeff said was wrong <laughs> no. become an accountant <laughs> <laughs> well yeah if you want an easier payday yeah <laughs> be an accountant. um i totally agree with the just do your stuff like there are more jobs in this industry now, but there's also so many more people who are interested mm-hmm. in it. So whenever like people ask me for advice, I'm like, exact same thing. You just got to make your own stuff, make the stuff that you want to hear, that you like. And if it's something that you like, you'll do it well. And then hopefully, you know, people will see the effort that you put into it and, you know, respond accordingly. Um but also figure out what you actually like about this mm-hmm. because there's so much confusion about like what is producing versus like doing the technical stuff. I just have to give a shout out to that um, last a year ago, Jess was one of our interns and like did the most incredible production and sound design on our Halloween episode. I feel like we need to link to that in this. I think that was in last this. year. It was. Yeah. Four yeah, years ago, but it was last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was approximately ten million four hundred thirty-five <laughs> days ago, also last October. Yeah, yes, so good. I'm gonna go re-listen to that. <laughs> um, Katie, Hannah, do you guys have thoughts on like breaking into this wild and wacky industry that we're in? I mean, I think you guys both gave really good advice, and I, I think. I've also like started getting like LinkedIn messages from, you know, people I had one class with in college being like, Oh my (laughs) God, explain this whole industry to me. And and I think people don't, I think the advice Jess that you gave of like, you need to understand what the industry actually looks like and what jobs are, because I don't think because it's a new industry and not everyone knows someone who works in podcasting, there's like a lot of mystery and, and people just envision that, you know, things just sort of magically happen. And it's not like there are designated roles, there are designated areas of expertise. Um, and, and, and then also the, on the flip side that there, I can't really think of a creative medium that is more accessible to teaching yourself how to do it and potentially like getting your work out there in an effective way. Like there's, it's, um, 
kind of a unique opportunity there to uh, like tap into your own passions and you know you really don't need that much equipment or knowledge base you just need a good idea um and some time to to play around and mess up to make something sound good um so the, yeah that would be like my main advice is like make sure you like that part of make sure you like cutting tape um and hearing the sound of your own voice uh, <laughs> and then we can talk about <laughs> the next steps I think it's also okay if you are super uncomfortable with the sound of your own voice. Um, you just have to like be ready to suck it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like my advice is like, uh, let's see, go study molecular biology and work at a biotech <laughs> company and then go to food policy. No, just kidding. Yeah, don't, yeah, do sure. don't do that. But I think in general, <laughs> like it's also just generally really good life advice going back to what Jess said of like, you should find what you enjoy doing, but it's also at least equally important to roll out what you don't like in any job. And that's going to apply. I mean, I, I think now it's pretty rare to stick with a field in our generation to just like be like, this is who I am and what I do. Unless you are a lawyer or a physician or something where you've like really invested incredible resources into this particular specialization. Um, we tend to change industries a lot. And so you know, podcasting is something that does have like a lower barrier to entry as a form of creative expression. And also like as a business, it's changing so quickly. So there's a million ways you can be involved in it. And you should try and find out for yourself, like, do I like playing around with audio clips on a computer? Or do I hate that? Or, you know, do I like going to business meetings and talking about sponsorships? Or do I hate that? Or do I like talking to people? Or am I uncomfortable interviewing somebody? And just like figuring out there's a million ways you can get involved. And uh, you don't really necessarily know what you might enjoy until you try it. And I do think because this is a fairly new industry, and a lot of people are self taught that like, what Jeff said about reaching out to people is, is good. Like everyone I know, and, and myself, like when you reach out to people for advice in this industry, they're remarkably generous with their time and thoughts. So take advantage, no, don't take advantage of that, but <laughs> take people up on, you know, virtual coffee or whatever, um, because I, I think it's pretty unusual how open people are. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I would, I th oh, go, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, in addition to like finding what, what thing you like about the industry I think it's also super key to, especially starting out, try everything and try to learn a little bit about everything because mm -hmm. I feel like, especially when you're at a small organization like HRN, like you might need to wear every single hat imaginable. And so that's one thing I kind of learned in school too, was like, learn how to learn how to run a camera, run a microphone, do an interview, edit. Because if you can, the more that you can do, even if you don't end up doing all of it all the time, the the better the better positioned you'll be yeah be flexible yeah yeah and I would True I would story. totally agree with that on like the sort of the more the businessy side as well uh, when I when I started I I knew I wasn't going to want to do you know ad ad ops or advertising for my whole life but I I was able to pick up on a lot of things and learn just a lot about how how the comp how really how the podcast industry works and how these companies make money and 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 things like that which 
just having that background knowledge from doing that role for a little bit just still helps me as I've transferred to different different departments and different jobs um, just to have that that knowledge of of how things are structured and, and and things like that so I think you know there's there's a willing you gotta have a willingness to sort of I think maybe see, see the bigger picture and if if a job is not exactly what you want but it's getting you in the direction of where you want to go or in the door of, of somewhere you want to be I, th- I think you can you can really learn from that I think that's great advice yeah you might you you aren't gonna have the perfect job um from the get-go and take every opportunity you can to to learn and and move yourself forward that's great advice I still don't have the perfect job and I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And I, but just ride roller coasters all day. That's the perfect that's right. job. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, kind of to round things out, Jeff, do you want to talk like a bit more about kind of your next role and, and what you're looking forward to professionally or personally uh, as we enter the next year and hopefully come out the other side of next week? Oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, changing, uh, roles to work more on the, uh, Stitcher premium side of our company, which is our, uh, subscription service, uh, or yeah, I guess service is the right word. Um, so, uh, doing audience development for the, the shows that we work with on that side of thing. Um, so with Stitcher Premium, we'll do bonus episodes of shows or, um, exclusive releases and things like that. So I'll be working with those shows and helping them launch and develop marketing plans and and things like that. So, uh, a little bit of a changing gears for, for me. Um, um, but I'm excited to give it a shot and, and see how it goes. (laughs) That's awesome. No, we're so excited for you, Jeff, and um, congratulations on your new role. We are uh, still very keenly interested in when we can uh, help make Foodie Week happen at Stitcher, so yeah. keep yes. this in mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we would uh, love to do that. Um, well, that is bringing us towards the end of our time together. It always flies by so quickly, um, but Jeff, thank you so much. Um, we hope that you get to enjoy some Roberta's pizza. We, we did a little scheming to get it through the mail so that we could pizza together from afar. Um, but we really, really, really look forward to welcoming you one day back to our studio in Bushwick. Oh, thank you. This was, uh, so fun. So thank you so much for, for having me and Thanks again for that pizza. I cannot wait to eat it. It's so good. Even in its frozen form, it just looks really great. Well, don't eat it frozen, okay? Okay. <laughs> it's really worth the extra steps to warm it up, I think. Got it. <laughs> um, well, it's been absolutely a pleasure. Thank you. You are welcome back anytime. We also, um, one perk of having been a guest on HR and Happy Hour is that you are invited to come back as a co-host of our show in the future if you'd like to bring on a guest of your choosing. Just oh, hit great. us up. Okay, yeah. Anytime. I'm here. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Jess, for being our amazing engineer tonight. Thank you to Hannah and to Kat. And uh, hang in there, everybody. It's going to be 
uh, quite a ride getting into next week, but we're all in this together and we're all going to do our part. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Everybody go vote. Have a safe weekend. HR and Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.